You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. Uh, I'm John and we have a big cup final coming up this weekend. It's the SWPL Cup final. So we have um, someone from the women's game who's won this competition twice and has over 100 caps for Scotland. Suzanne Winters, formerly Suzanne Grant. Suzanne, how are you doing? Thanks for coming on I'm, at last. I'm good, John, I know I finally managed to get it done. No, thanks for having me on, John. Um, looking forward to it. No problem. Well, I've I promised people that this would be worth it when it does eventually happen. So um, I know you I won't. Don't know about that. I wouldn't get them too excited. My chat's not that good, John. <laughs> <laughs> you do yourself a disservice. <laughs> um, so we'll start on the. The Sky Sports, it's not, I said SWPL Cup Film, it's actually now been renamed the Sky Sports Cup Film because Sports. it's been sponsored by Sky, who you're of yep. course working with. Um, of course. Rangers versus Hibs at Tyne Castle, um, and we'll get the plugs in for Sky so we can keep on Lorianne's good side. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's live on Sky Sports Premier League and Sky Sports Mix from noon. The kickoff's at 12.30. Um, if you want to go along, it's £8 adult, £1 concession. Um <coughs> Lauren has just said that the top panel will be involved, um, but you'll obviously be included within that. Um, what's your role um, going to be um, at the game, if you don't mind me asking? Are you going to be pitch side or are you going to be alongside Crocker um, commentating? Uh, no, I won't be alongside uh, Crocker. I'm in the, the studio, so um, ah. it'll be Ailey Barber, obviously, that's in there. and mm-hmm. um, You'll need to tune in and see who else who's going to be in yeah. there, but... Yeah, like uh, Sky for me, like this is going to be a new role for me. Usually I'm used to just being uh, myself in the studio or live at the games, you know, just giving uh, the audience feedback. Like I'm your eyes, as we say, or the, you know, the eyes of the people that aren't watching the game on Sky Sports News. So um, this is going to be a new opportunity for me, something that I've not done. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, I think for me, uh, Sky's been massive. Um, I know some people, maybe yourself included, John here, <laughs> have had a wee bit of a dig at Sky. Um, but for me, I think it's absolutely massive, the support that they've gave, um, the financial support as well, and obviously how much they promote the game and the women's game. Um, and I think, you know, the platform that Sky's got, it's just massive for the, the women's game um, up here in Scotland. And to have this you know, cut final live on Sky uh, for me is just absolutely massive. And I tell you, I wish I was 20 years younger. So it was me. I wish I was on the pitch rather than being in the studio. But the opportunity they've gave me to still be involved in the game um, and be part of their media setup is is huge for me. And I'm, I'm so grateful for the opportunity they've gave me and for the, the women's game going forward. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I mean, we can talk. We can talk all day about some some of the other things, and you know, there's some things that get right, there's some things that don't. And I'd like to think that anything I have been critical, it has been constructive because I basically care about the promotion of Scottish football as a whole. But them putting money into the women's game is hugely significant, you know, because you know we're at the stage where you're wanting to, the women's game to grow and get more exposure. And Sky are um, putting the money in for the um, for this cup, and they've, their build up to this final has been 
very good so far. You had Ailey Barbos of Chamber Rangers, um, yeah, you know, the good. other day and things like that. Um, and you know, I think Ailey does herself a disservice because people forget she was actually a player once upon a time. So, um, yeah, I played with Ailey at um, Motherwell briefly before yeah. uh, she left when I first came to Motherwell. Ailey was there, so she was a great player. So, mm. um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to to being there with, with Ailey on Sunday and. You know, just the whole vibe, the the fans, it'll be something so different. Because when I played John, um, you know, we got a couple of hundred people, you know, like your family, friends came along. So this is massive and huge. And I think it's going to break the records of attendance for a women's Scottish game. Yeah, possible, possible could be. I mean, we also had, a, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago where you had... Um, you had Hibs and Hearts having over yeah. 8,000 smashing the record. You've yeah. had the Scotland um, national team um, getting to 10,000 mark for a competitive game. Yeah. I know we had the 18,000 for the Jamaica game, and I think at some point that will get broken. So um, yeah. hopefully we get a record for a cup final for this one, because I think, what was it, um, Jishaya? Was it Jishaya 5,000 for the Glasgow so. Celtic last season? Um, yeah. And this yeah. has had a, a better build-up, I must say. Yeah, definitely, John. I mean, I know the weather won't help, but... I think the way the w- women's football's going, um, you know, when I was a young girl, I didn't have any kind of role models in the women's game. I didn't know any female uh, players back then. So now, obviously, you know, especially down south, we're seeing the, you know, the leagues down there, you know, the, they're televised. So it's absolutely great now that we have that in Scotland. And, you know, for every little girl and boy out there, there's female role models to watch on the telly. You know, my two boys, like Oscars nine and, Theo's four and Oscar be like, oh, mum, that's like Joelle Murray that you played for, you know, she not a Hibs when you were there. And, you know, he's aware of all these girls that, you know, even with Scotland, he'll pick up a couple of girls that, you know, that I played, like were a lot younger than me right enough they were coming through that were in the squad um, when I was there. So, and he's only nine. So, you know, I think going forward, I think it's, it's massive for every you know, girl and boy, that's a dream to have a role model in the women's game as well as the men's game. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And, um, you know, it's also changed times when we're talking about a cup final on Sky. And yep. but let, let's not know what Alba have done. I mean, Alba have been oh, superb for Scottish as well, yeah. football. Yeah. Um, because when I was looking to see what um, goals from previous cup finals that you're involved in, you can't find them. You know, yeah. you can't find them on YouTube at all anywhere. So mm-hmm. <laughs> at least we'll be able to get to, to see this one. Um in terms of the game itself, um mm-hmm. I mean Rangers and Hibs, it's um you know, you've got Hibs have won the tournament the most times. Um they've got um seven wins. Yeah. Um it's Rangers first final. Um and Rangers mm-hmm. got there by beating Queen's Park five 0 Muddle five 0 and um, mm-hmm. Spartans in the same final away from four 0 Hibs yep. um two convincing wins. Um by the same margin of 8-0 against Hamilton and Kilmarnock away and then an impressive win over Glasgow City away from home by two goals to win um, you know a lot of people probably have Rangers nailed on favourites and rightly so because they're second in the league just now they're defending champions still yep. unbeaten in um, the SWPL1 going on 18 months but yep. Hibs on their day can cause problems and um, the, I mean they've been a frustrating team this season because you've seen they only lost one 0 to Rangers early season. They gave Glasgow City a real game last week, beat them in the semi final. But then they'll throw a silly result away somewhere as well. You just don't know what Hibs is going to turn up, and hopefully, yeah. the, hopefully the good one turns up to make it a better game. I think as well, John. Yeah, I think you're right in saying that. You know, on paper, you know, the form that Rangers are on at the moment, you know, they're probably deemed to be favourites. However, 
you know, being in many cup finals myself, it, it really doesn't count for anything when it comes to a cup final. Um, it's a, you know, it's when you pull on that shirt and it's the status of a cup, it just completely changes the the game, if I'm being honest. So, and, you know, you're saying about Hibs, uh, you know, maybe a bit of inconsistency with the results. You know, Hibs have lost a lot of players, Um as well, you know, we've seen a lot of the players go down south and for whatever reason, you've got Rachel Small out and maternity leave, that's a massive, you know, experience played a loss for them as well. But, you know, for me, I think, you know, they put Glasgow City out of the semi-finals. So um, I think it's going to be a really close game on, on Sunday and I think it'll just be down to who wants it more on the day. And I hope it's, it's going to be a close, tight, exciting game because, you know, being fans and being at the game, um, that's what you want from a cup final. Absolutely. I mean, if you're watching this, you just want to see a competitive final. I mean, the the one fight, one final that people talk about a lot in the women's game was the Glasgow City Hibs Cup, um, Scottish Cup final from 2019, yeah. when Claire Shine, of course, scored that wonderful winner to make it four three. And then yeah. last season's one between Celtic and Glasgow City, Celtic with ten players winning winning three two in extra time yeah. it was a cracking game of football. And let's hope this is a a Christmas cracker. And you know, if you're Weary about taking your kids along, they'll enjoy it. And Santa's going to be there. I know. Who doesn't want to see Santa and who doesn't want to be at a cup final? It's everything <laughs> you want, John, in a, a Sunday game of football. Exactly. Um, but yeah, let's hope it's um it's a good game between the two sides. Um and yeah, well done to Sky for covering. Um in terms of yourself with Sky, you've obviously touched yep. on how much you enjoy it. How did that um involvement start in the first place? So you mentioned uh, Laurie Ann, so I've I've known Laurie Ann for a wee while now, and um, yeah, she just contacted me and asked me um, would I be up for commentating on um, some of the women's game. And for me, I was a bit nervous, if I'm being honest. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm the. I wouldn't say I ever thought I'd be be good at it, um, and it was something completely out of my comfort zone. I mean, I'm I'm quite one for talking as you know John and stuff but when you're sat in front of a a TV screen and it's live and you've got to watch what you say and yeah it was really nerve wracking to be honest but honestly it's been the best thing I ever done um, for me as well being out of the game for so long um, and because I got kind of forced into retirement because of my injury and you know I had to, you know, I was pregnant at the time with Theo and then I had an elder son to think about. Um, I kind of made that decision through injury, you know, to retire. So I kind of went from my whole life from being involved in football, playing football, around football, you know, a team atmosphere to just nothing involved in the game at all. So I think it came at the right point for me um, in my life and to get back working within the game and being part of it and... You know, I've never looked back since and for whatever reason, uh, Sky keep phoning me and asking me uh, to be part of it. And, you know, I never take for granted the opportunity that I've, I've had with Sky. And, you know, I've been in London uh, down there working with the staff and obviously Laurie-Anne at Scotland. And, you know, I've got Chris, Ivan and Steve, the camera guys that I worked on. Ever, everyone's been so supportive and never made me feel uncomfortable and, you know, been dead positive, John. So for me, the experience I've had and hopefully will um, in the future has been absolutely fantastic. What about um, the support from, you know, your fellow peers, you know, some of the, the male who have been doing this role for 
how long, you know, the likes of, um, I mean, people can make their opinions all they want, but you're also speaking yeah. from a professional point of view, you know, the likes of Chris Boyd, likes of Andy Walker, um, yeah. who, you know, what? how invaluable is, um, you know, learning from the likes of them been for you to oh, help you um, progress? It's been uh, fantastic. I've uh, Sometimes Boyd, he's been in the studio before me and, you know, I've come in after and um, he's gave me some, you know, great advice or, you know, if I've ever needed like, oh, like, how do you do this and how do you carry yourself? And, you know, even to deal with a lot of things, you know, like social media afterwards, you get some negative things. And for me, I'd probably say that's the that's been the hardest thing. You know, you always get people that are out there to, to criticise you, criticise what you say. So, um, yeah, they've been so supportive and so supportive and talk very highly of the women's game. So... Yeah, the support I've had from everybody at Sky, like I said, has been absolutely fantastic, John. Yeah, that's that's um that's also tremendous to hear. Um, although Laurie did send us some um, questions to ask you um, when we first started sure. talking about this. Um, so sure. to ask about um your envision reports at Scotland and how you get into trouble for cheering. Oh right, I'm sure you've seen it trending all over uh, social media. So yeah. No, actually, oh, I know what she's talking about when I was at Hamden, that's right. So basically, when you're plugged, when I'm plugged into the headphones, so say there's five other people covering five other games across wherever, we can all he- hear each other talk- talking. So obviously, I'm at the Hamden game being Scottish, and then the next minute we score, so I'm, sc- I mean, screaming, like standing up, celebrating. But they can obviously see me on the camera in the studio. And then obviously one of the producers came on and said, like, remember, Suzanne, that <laughs> we can hear and see you. And obviously I must have gave them all a fright or distracted someone else. But for me, I always forget where I am because... I'm just a fan. I, I played. I wore that shirt. I know how the girls feel. Um, I get as nervous probably as they do when they're playing because I'm so passionate about the women's game. And yeah, I just got kind of was like watching the game because I knew I wasn't on. So I'm I'm just watching the game like everybody else. And then when they scored, I celebrated like everybody else was, <laughs> forgetting that yeah, um, everyone else could hear me. And especially obviously, it was the whole English studio as well. So um, <laughs> and I think to make it even worse, I think England women's team. Uh, won 10 nil that night so they were on a lot anyway because it was updates every two minutes because they'd scored so yeah I, th- I think uh, I'd put someone off that day so yeah I got a little bit of a row for that one um, but yeah I'll, I'll, t- I'll take the lecture it was worth it and I'd, I'll probably do it again at some point I'm sure John you know me I can't um, I can't contain my excitement when Scotland go to, score a goal as you know but listen, that's that's refreshing, you know that um, you know someone's been um so passionate. I get there's a point to reading it in a little, but you know at least you're showing <laughs> that you care. You know, I, you I've seen Gordon Gordon McQueen shouting goal when Scotland scored against uh, France in Paris, and um, you know, boys, he can't hide his emotions, as you know. Yeah. And and listen, at least you were watching what was going on. Remember, we'll all remember the Kiss oh, Command miss- incident. <laughs> well, that's what. I, that, well, to be fair, um, I miss goals all the time. Like I, I felt like saying, well, I am watching because sometimes I'm like, like watching, and then I'm talking to like my camera guy, or I'm talking to like my camera guys if they I'm the boss. But you know, what I mean, I'm talking to Chris or Steve or Ivan, whoever it is, and then I'm like, oh, what happened? Did I miss a goal? And it, and then I'm like, they come to me, and I'm like, well, I know, say Caroline, we're scored, but 
I don't know the build up to the goal. I'm really sorry. I'll need to come back to me. So, um, yeah, I've done that a few times as well because um, I'm just so uh, tuned in at times. And then other times I'm just like, oh, I've got a second to talk. And then before you know, it, I've missed a goal. So, yeah, I've been there myself. Yeah, these things are always going to happen when you're covering live football. Um, in terms of the, you know, the camaraderie you have um, with them, um, you know, not not just you know the on-screen um, guys, but the you know the people behind the scene as well. What's yeah. it like? Oh, it's it's amazing. Um, I'm full of if you you know me personally like with football and you know me as a person. Um, I do like to laugh a lot. I am a bit of a prankster. I like stuff like that, and I think you know it's important to have that and you know off air when you know the cameras are not rolling or even when they're rolling and we're sitting talking um yeah it's just honestly it's i've enjoyed every single second i I used to go oh i'm really nervous and now i just like i just enjoy every single second of it even when i went down to london as well in the studio um it's just been a laugh like it's just it's just so much fun, John. As much as a nerve wracking, you know, job because you're you know, you're on national telly and you know, you're worried about saying the wrong thing or did I do this or did I do that? Um they're asking me back for a reason. So I'm I'm assuming it's a good thing. Um and see at the end of the day, John, I'm I'm just me. I don't try and be uh, anyone that I'm not. I don't try and act you know, any different than I would um, with anybody else at home or with my kids or my husband. So, yeah, I'm just me. So, um, yeah, it's, it's great. And it's always a it's always a good laugh. Like me and Lauriana for it, things as well. Like, it's just dead relaxed. You know, she's been so supportive. And if it wasn't for Lauriana, I wouldn't have had the opportunity um, that I've had. So uh, to her, I'm very grateful of the opportunity that she's given me. Yeah. Yeah, Lauriana's just tremendous. I can speak, um, say yeah. that from the you know the, the times that she's um contacted myself and got um, my son Callum involved and stuff up before the um the yeah. Serbia game. So um you know when um she she took a bit of offence to something that I'd said, I do feel kind of bad, but I'll be. Um, but my my dig was more at the SPFL, not Sky. I may okay. point out. So um, and I'm not backtracking, and I stand by what I said at the time. So, um, but he's allowed to fight your corner. <laughs> um, in terms of um, your playing career, um, so yeah. yours is a unique situation in that um, you started your international career before you started a club career. Um, yeah. a, a debut at 16 mm-hmm. um, against Northern Ireland, um, and you scored twice, I understand. Um, how did that come about? So yeah, I wish I was. the fact that you were good but, enough to play at sixteen. <laughs> yeah, so basically, um, I'm from a tiny wee town um, up north, Grattan on Spey, um, and me and my twin sister were just playing for our uh, boys' school team. So back then, um, in our school, I don't know what it was like, you know, down uh, Glasgow way or whatever, um, in other <laughs> schools, but it was like the boys played football and the girls played netball. So our parents had to ask the head teacher, um, could Suzanne and Shelley play football with the boys? And they're like, yeah, of course. Like, I think just back then it was normal. Boys played football, girls played netball. Um, so yeah, they let us and me and Shelley played for the boys team. So we were down in a tournament, you know, school tournament. And I think there must have been a couple of scouts there just looking for, you know, like players for the boys, Scotland teams or whatever. 
Uh, I don't even know what scout it was. Um, till this day, I don't know who it was that passed on uh, me and my sister's information from that tournament, but they passed on our name in our school. And the SFA contacted um, our school to ask us down uh, for a trial. Um, and then it kind of escalated from there. And me and my, bo- me and my sister both played um, for Scotland. So that's how it happened. So when I was 16... Um, I played with the under-17s, under-19s and the national A-squad at this, the same time if it was, you know, if the, none of the fixtures clashed. So I was really fortunate I could play with all three age groups um, at that time. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't with a, a, a girls or a, a girls team at the time. I was just with my school boys team and I played with Ross County um, then. But we were full... I'd say full time at Ross County, so we, we used to study during the day after that. So when I left school, went to Ross County, and we used to train with under nineteen Ross County boys. Okay. So, and then you know, us five girls would just do like education during the day, and then train with the boys in the afternoon. And then my first club after that was Inverness Cali Thistle. I started a women's team, so that was my first real kind of girls team. Um, after that, and then. Yeah, the the rest is history, to be honest. But it was just obviously, you know, the right place at the right time with the boys' team that someone passed on an information. And yeah, whoever that is out there, I'm not sure who it was. I'm obviously grateful for that. Yeah, I mean, you hear a lot of this story. Like when we had Leanne Crichton on um, a couple of years ago during the um, first lockdown, um, which seems a long time away um, since. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she tells the same you know, a similar type of story, you know, she was playing with her brothers and playing with the boys team because there wasn't a girls team and all this carry on and, um, you know, Julie Fleeting, um, when I spoke to her for the um, Tatanam magazine, yeah. again, a similar story, boys yeah. team till um, a certain age then, there was a girls team that came in and yeah. it's it's amazing to think, I mean, you were forced to the position where your headmaster let you play. Our yeah. primary school at the time did not let any girls at all, it was just like, Netball or foot, uh, netball or football, netball women, um, football guys, and, football boys, and yeah. it, it, it's so good that it's we've come a different way. I mean, um, even to the point where if boys want to, would rather play netball than than football, that shouldn't be frowned upon either. It should be across the board with any sport. I don't think any yeah. sport should be deemed for boys or deemed for girls. So that goes um, for the boys too. I'm sure there were some boys that maybe wanted to play netball, but. Um, for us, you know, my mum had to write a, he- a letter to the head teacher and then have a meeting. So, yeah, he was fully supportive of it. Um, and it kind of probably broke barriers in the school. I don't think after then it became, you know, girls had to play netball and boys. It was just open then to, you know, what would you rather? And it gave them a choice. And so, yeah, and I was really grateful as well to my parents. Um, you know, they fully supported um, me and my sister, you know, wanting to play football you know I've heard stories of some people their parents like oh what do you want to play football for it's for the boys and um, I've still heard it nowadays I've heard it from you know a few people that still live in a wee bit you know back in the dinosaur days Um, but yeah you know that's that's you know everyone's got a choice and opinion and you know when I was young if I didn't have my parents to do that for me then I don't know how far I would have gotten football because I wouldn't have been able to play it so yeah, I owe a lot to my parents as well, John. Absolutely, yeah, they've um they've they've done well for you um yeah. by supporting you because that's obviously the most important thing, um yeah. and it's 
It's it's um in terms of playing with the boys as well, you know, how much mm-hmm. does that actually help you in terms of progress as a footballer? Yeah, of course. Like you know, genetics, like you know, naturally stronger, and I think as well for us, like they never treated us any differently. You know, when we trained with Ross County. Um, my husband was there. Well, that's how I met David. He was at Ross County. Like the first team players that you know, like trained the pitch beside us. Um, the chairman Roy McGregor at Ross County. You know, he's still there. Um, they were fully supportive of it. Um, and you know, uh, I don't know if you know a player Sean Higgins. At the time, he signed with Ross yeah. County. And he came in and. They were like, Tom, you know, the first team's off today, but, you know, go and train with under-19s and the five girls. And he was like, brilliant, you know, came in. So it wasn't like any player that came in was like, what? Like, I'm training my girls. Like, they all treat us the same. You know, not one player at Ross County, in my experience, um, ever had an issue or treated us any differently. So that was a sign to me of, you know, even back then, the women's game wasn't massive. It wasn't huge. But it was a sign to me, it's like, this this could be huge, you know, there is people out there that support it, and it's just, Ross County at that time, I felt like it was just, we were all footballers, whether you're male or female, it was just a club that was fully um, supportive of it, and yeah, it was a great opportunity to train every day and, you know, do education in the afternoon and be treated exactly like the, the boys' academy, so yeah, it was a great experience up at Ross County. That's interesting that you say that uh, nobody batted an eyelid um, when mm-hmm. you were training with the Ross County um, under-19s team. Um, mm-hmm. You know, nobody said, uh, why is a girl playing anything like that? And that's the way it should be. But mm-hmm. one thing that I've noticed that's still to be broken down, and we are obviously breaking down a lot of barriers and yeah. we'll make continue, but there's still not a female coach or assistant or manager within the men's game. Um, yeah. And I think that's um, something that needs to happen. It's something that, that needs to be one of the next ones that happens for me um, to see. I know we've had Chelicare managing still in uni when they're lonely, but mm-hmm. what you really need is from you know the League 2 upwards to really make that statement. It's obviously got to be in merit, you know, because at the end of the yeah, day, if, um, you know, you can't just do it for a tick box exercise. The women's of got course. to earn it the exact same way as um, the male candidate, but... Yeah. Are you telling me that, um, you know, for example, Shelly Kerr, who, um, you know, has managed the Scotland national team, to, took them to their first ever World Cup, isn't more qualified than some of the guys that are go, doing the medical rounds in the Scottish uh, men's game? Yeah, like, I've played with Shelly and I've also, uh, Shelly's been my manager, um, so I know the qualities that Shelly has and yeah, the easy she like you see what she done at Sterling, you know, and they all respected her as the as the manager, not because she's a female manager. So as you said, you know there is boundaries coming down, um, and like you said, you know, a woman can't go in as a manager just because it's a tick box. We also don't want that. Like you said, we, you know, we want these positions to be merited, and I do think it's only going to be a matter of time, likes so of Shelley, hopefully, or you know, whoever. We, wants to go for these positions um, will merit their place as a manager um, and it'll just take you know a certain club to go you know what Shelley Kerr is the best candidate not because she's a female but because she's great at being a manager and yeah like you said John you know we're we're moving forward all the time and you know like the World Cup you know the three female officials that was great to see as well and that would never have happened never happened um you know, so 
it just shows how far the women's mm-hmm. game's coming and how, you know, quality, whether you're male or female, just because they're they're really good at their job. So that was fantastic for me to see in the World Cup as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're seeing these change, um, changes. I, I mean, the, the female official one shouldn't have been a new thing because you had um, Shan Massey, obviously, back in 2011. But unfortunately, yeah. there was pundits and presenters that were mocking her before she even did her job and she um, actually shut them up with a couple of correct calls that game. But that's another issue. So it's actually quite surprising it's taken that long, but it's good that it's here. And yeah. these female officials did well in, in, in the games that they managed, the, the referees. So fair play yeah. to them. Um, and long may these barriers continue uh, to be broken down because um, yeah. it's very much needed, isn't it? It sure is. But we're going in the right direction, Don, John. Yeah, so exactly. for me, it's it's positives. You know, we've, I think sometimes we're quick. Even myself, sometimes, you know, we still look at the negatives. But for me... It's definitely moving forward, especially now in Scotland. You know, we've seen down south what the Euro's done for the the women's game in England. Um, so for me, you know, Scotland's a wee bit behind. Um, but, you know, now the backing with Sky, you know, more people are investing in the game. You know, there's mm-hmm. more players that are now getting drawn to the Scottish League, which making it more competitive. You know, the fundings, better facilities, you know, more quality for these girls to give them a better chance to perform to their you know, capability in the pitch in the day and, you know, we're starting to see the leagues getting a little bit more competitive. So hopefully other teams follow suit and, yeah, we can push the Scottish League further. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we do need to recognise where we came from before, but we also need to realise at the same point, we're not where we were 20 years ago, thank goodness. We've moved on a good bit. How can we get forward? And that's where I'm pleased that you see people like Fiona McIntyre constantly banging down the doors. And obviously, she's done enough to convince Sky to put the money where the mouth is. So, yeah, good on her. Um, she's been on the podcast a couple of times, so I'm happy to sing her praises as well. Um, in terms of... We'll go back to your playing career. Um, we've kind of gone off track a little bit. Um, so, um, after... Ross Kent in Inverness, she did um, move to Glasgow City um, mm-hmm. and you're un- unsurprisingly league title winner in your first year um, and you also scored a hatchet in the Scottish Cup final um, against Aberdeen, as I mentioned before we can't find that on YouTube, it's good from an <laughs> Aberdeen fan's point of view but, um, <laughs> but, um, but in terms of Glasgow City you know, the you just think women's football in Scotland, they're the ones that spring straight to mind right away. And, yeah. uh, you know, just talk about what that club means to you. Yeah, it was massive when we got the call from uh, Laura, I think it was Laura Montgomery or Peter Caulfield. It was, anyway, we had a meeting, me and my sister with the, the two of them. And, you know, that way me and my sister was like, Glasgow City, what a sign. Us. Like, we're two young girls from the Highlands. You know, for me, it was like the first time where I really thought, you know what? I think this can be what I want to do full-time, you know. And for me and my sister, it was challenging. Um, we used to travel from the Highlands, you know, three nights a week down to training to Glasgow, eight to ten at night, and used to leave, like, ridiculous hours and get home at ridiculous hours. And, yeah, we didn't we didn't get paid to play for Glasgow City. We just got our expenses covered, our, our petrol back then or diesel it was my sister that drove I didn't have a driving license so poor Shelley it was her that done the driving I used to sleep the whole way down the whole way back up <laughs> poor <laughs> Shelley um, so when they they contacted us we were like wow and you know the the team that we had at the time it was just such a good team you know the because we were so used to just playing with boys all the time so we weren't used to having the 
it was like me and Shelley used to get changed in the, the minibus and the boys would be in the change room at the schools or the tournaments because obviously we couldn't get changed in the, the same changing room. So for us to be in a, a change room and have that team morale with Glasgow City, for me, was up where were the best moments um, being a you know being a footballer and we were we were young as well so you know they were all like Glasgow girls and me and Shelley were these wee quiet things back then obviously I'm not quiet now John as you know but <laughs> back then believe it or not I was quiet so um, yeah it was great memories and obviously you know I won so many titles and records with with Glasgow City and you know they're still dominating. Um, still to this day than what they did when I played. So, you know, that's credit to, you know, Laura and Kaz and, you know, the management team that have been in there for so long. They're still continuing to push the women's game. And for me, you know, I, I think, you know, Glasgow City have been the team that have mainly pushed and progressed the women's game here in, in Scotland. They've been massive for the game and they still are massive for the game. Yeah, they're, they're the ones that put... um. You know, Scottish football on the, the um, map, Scottish women's yeah. map, yeah, without doubt. The other one that you would say would um, be up there as well is um, Hibs, who you then joined yeah. and were there for three years. Won a treble, scored in both um, cup finals that season as well. Um, what were they like in comparison? Oh, I don't like to compare. Oh, well, um, so the wrong words, but what were they like, yeah, um, you know, um, in terms of playing Hibs for them? Hibs, for me, was the best changing room environment, the best... Um, yeah, it was just the memories were Hibs were just fantastic. You know, Stacey Cook, Mandy Burns, you know, even Rhonda Jones, um, Kim Little, Natalie Ross, all these girls that, you know, I've played with Scotland as well. We were all in the, you know, Kirsty McBride as well. Like, we've just had so many that girls I'm still really good friends with. And I would say it was because of our time at, at Hibs. Um, we had some great memories on the pitch, off the pitch. You know, it was just a real team environment. You know, mm -hmm. we all gelled really well. There was no one for me that thought they were bigger than the team, if that makes sense. You know, we were all kind of on the same level and we all kind of played for Scotland as well. So there was, you know, at that time, we were most, all of our team were playing with Scotland. So it was like we were away with the national team together. We were in the changing room together for our club. So... Yeah, it was special times um, at Hibs and my fondest memories of uh, things we like to talk about off the pitch and laugh and it always came from the Hibs changing room. Mm -hmm. What sort of things are you willing to share in terms of um, oh. you know, the special pranks that um, you might have performed? Because oh, you've just did. admitted you're a prankster. So. Yeah, well, to be honest, it was me and Stacey Cook, the, you know, the two of us together, we had some, we just used to wind people up all the time and you know, like do pranks and, you know, I probably can't really see a lot of them on here because I'd probably get myself in, in trouble if there's young ones <laughs> listening in. But no, seriously, John, it was just, even from just like small things to like, you know, hiding people's shin guards, like just <laughs> honestly, like small, even looking back, I'm like, oh, how immature, like just, and it'll happen in every changing room now, I know it will. Just the team morale um, at Hibs was, honestly, it was just, absolutely it was just brilliant um my fondest memories were probably with Hibs yeah definitely 
you need a laugh in a changing room, though. You know, you can't just have, have everyone to be robotic and you know speak to the media with using the same sound bites all the time. You've got to have a bit of um, you know different characters in there. You know, put you know doing things like that. You know, it's not as if you're setting fire to people's tracks just which they were doing at Wimbledon, for example, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. things like that. No, so. we wouldn't go. We wouldn't go that far as in setting folks' clothes on fire. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just that team that. We clicked, like even on the pitch, there was no negativity. It was really positive, even before getting beat. Um, you know, everybody just, I think it was because we all had respect for each other on and off the pitch because we were, I think as well, most of our time, like I spent most of my time with the girls than I did my family and friends. So, you know, I think that was really important for that team at the time. You know, we were a club, like I said, then away with national duty. So mm-hmm. we were very rarely at home. So like Hibs was our family at that time. Um, so yeah, it was a really good team to to be part of. And it was a huge decision for me to then go to obviously Arsenal after that. It was a mm-hmm. it was a huge um it was a huge decision because of how amazing the memories were at Hibs. Yeah, you certainly did have great times at Hibs, but um Arsenal you had a very brief spell in two thousand nine, uh, eleven mm-hmm. games, four goals, but quite an impact because you scored on your debut in the FAWPL final against Doncaster Spells, mm-hmm. the winning goal um in a one 0 win. You then scored the winner against Everton that clinched the title. You won an FA Cup. That's quite a lot to um achieve in eleven games. You know, you've probably achieved more in those eleven games at Arsenal than a lot of players to a career at that club in the men's game have achieved. <laughs> yeah, for me, you know, when I got the shout um from Vic, you know, I fo- he phoned me and he's like, Oh, it's Vic from Arsenal and I was like, excuse me, have you got the right number? I, I questioned myself, I questioned whether I was, you know, good enough to go to such a huge club like Arsenal and you know, I kept pinching myself, you know, they were flying me down, you know, playing the games and then flying me home, you know, getting cars to pick me up. So for me, that was something I wasn't used to playing, you know, in the, the Scottish League. Um, I was so used to my sister driving me everywhere because <laughs> at that time I didn't have a licence. So, yeah, it was, I'm was so used to my twin driving me everywhere opposed to getting a driver, you know, them opening the door, turning up with my name at the airport. It was just so surreal for me and um, the only challenging thing for me at Arsenal um, was because I didn't train with Arsenal I didn't feel uh, so much part of the team I mean don't get me wrong every single player in that dressing room were you know really nice to me when I went down but I just didn't have that I was really quiet at Arsenal like I hardly said anything I went in the mm. change and I was like well hiya girls you know boots on warm up played then straight I left the team and went straight home so I didn't have that team morale that I was used to having in Scotland because obviously I trained you know up in Scotland and then flew to the game so yeah that was that was difficult but in terms of what I achieved uh, like you said John when I actually listen back it's still surreal and um, you know to tell my son now I was just like did you play for Arsenal mummy? I was like yeah, yeah I did and you know I did I thought you know reasonably well um, down there and when I went down I didn't I didn't expect to to score anything or to, to achieve what I did. So, yeah, I was really proud of what I'd done when I was down there and I really enjoyed my time at Arsenal. 
Is Julie Fleeton had a similar arrangement? You know, she lived in, in Scotland. She was a um, you know, mm-hmm. teacher up up here, um, still is. And yep. um, you know, she'd be flown down. She never really met teammates until she was playing or end of season um, functions, etc. Um, so you know, you obviously had that um, similar arrangement. What was the main reason that you decided um, against staying longer term? Was it just simply missing, not quite? Um, settling in that you would uh, have liked to in your family? Well for me um, it became really difficult you know leaving at five in the morning you know on the flight and to get the flight and then you know you're playing 90 minutes and then I'm getting home really late at night getting up for you know work at the time or education I can't remember if I was at college or working at that time Um, and Kelly Smith was out injured at the time that's why I got probably the you know the shout Julie was on maternity leave at the time so I knew uh, the quality of Kelly uh, Smith Julie still wasn't returning then but um, Kelly was coming back into the squad so I thought straight away well that's my position taken you know I can appreciate better quality you know and she definitely was better quality than me so I thought well I'm going to be flying down probably to sit on the bench maybe hope to get 20 minutes 30 minutes and I just thought, you know, Celtic coming in, they were the girls at the time I was training with and I had, you know, the connection with the girls in the changing room there and, you know, I was going to training with them and just not playing. So for me, I took that decision to, yes, yeah, sign with Celtic and and get, hopefully, you know, if I merited my, my standards of training, then I would get my merit, my game time on, you know, the, the weekend. But obviously Arsenal, I wasn't training with them, so... I obviously they couldn't see if I was doing well in training or not to merit that shirt at the weekend where, you know, Kelly Smith is Kelly Smith, so mm-hmm. she was going to take that number nine shirt back. So for me it was a decision I made that look, especially for international wise, I just wanted the game time and to still be able mm-hmm. to play to play ninety minutes and keep fit and, and be sharp and, and still be involved um every week in the games. Yeah, definitely. I'll come on to Celtic shortly, but I want to um, jump back to um, your Scotland career because um, right about this time, um, two thousand nine, um, or before the Euros two thousand nine finals, I should say, was the first of two playoff heartache def- um, defeats yeah. um, to Russia on away goals, um, yeah. and then four years later, an even more agonised one because you're within seconds of getting yeah. an away goals victory over oh. Spain. Gotta do that bring this up, John. Bring it back. Oh, the yeah. pain. <laughs> Listen, that's what us Scots do. <laughs> how do you think the men's team have felt for the past God knows how many years? Years are just catching up. <laughs> um, but yeah, they must. I mean, when you see the, obviously the women's national team getting over the line in the last few years, um, well, for 2017 um, and 2019, I mean, in some way, whilst it was also disappointing for you girls, you missed out on your opportunity, but it also gave inspiration to the next generation to make that next step up. Yeah, of course. And, you know, with any sport, John, you know, there's always ups and downs. And, yeah, that's one that's certainly stuck with me. And, um, yeah, to be seconds away where you think, you're thinking, right, we're nearly there, we're nearly there, and then it's just ripped away from you. It was... Yeah, it was definitely, uh, yeah, it was really, really heartbreaking. But that's, you know, that's, you know, part of football and it's how you you recover from it and you learn from it. And, you know, looking at the women's game now, the, the progression and, 
you know, I think as well, you know, behind the scenes, pe you know, people probably looked at it and go, what more could we do to help the girls get over the line? You know, the resources, you know, to sports science, to, you know, medical care. It's all that's massive as well. It's not just, you know, what's on the pitch for the girls. It's what's off the pitch. You know, we didn't really have, um, you know, the sports science stuff we did. We did in the, you know, the end of my career at Scotland and stuff, you know, when Anna came in, we pushed that a lot. Um, you know, support the Hamden Clinic, like, you know, the male players would get, you know, if they get injured, they get seen, where we didn't really have that a lot. So in terms of the whole package, um, going forward for the, the girls in recovery and, you know, preparation, you know, like, and most of the girls now in the national team, if not, you know, maybe only a few aren't playing full-time football. So most of us girls had to go to work nine to five, then go to training eight to ten, so it was like even looking back, I'm like, how did we do it? Like it was exhausting. Um, and then obviously, if you're that tired, you're going to pick up wee niggles here and there. So that was probably you know a lot to do. A lot of girls maybe being injured in their careers as well because every day we're going out to work, training late, getting home late, and it was just you know this constant circle. But none of us, you know, I can only speak for myself, but I'm pretty sure the rest of the girls would say the game like we done it because we loved the sport and what we got at that time, John, which isn't a fraction of what the girls have got now, like, I was really grateful for it. I was grateful that I got my diesel covered from, you know, or my expenses paid back for me and I was like, I'm playing for my country here, like, or my club. It's an honour and a privilege to just be able to still play and have that opportunity as a female to, to play the sport that I loved. So I didn't ever deem anything as or I look at maybe this, maybe I look now and go, people are like, oh, you must be raging. And I was like, no, like, we kind of pushed the game as well. Like all us pioneers, as you say, like we've pushed the game forward and all the opportunities that these girls got, like it's, it makes me so happy. And I'm like, yeah, I would love to go back and play. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to be 10 years younger and pull that shirt on again mm -hmm. and play in front of bigger crowds and get paid more money or whatever. But I never seen it as, or why are they getting that? And we never got that because at that time that was, I was just privileged to have it. And I was grateful for everything I got because there were some girls that couldn't play. So yeah, I, I think you just, I looked at things slightly differently and so did the other girls that played like, you know, it's the memories for us. And, you know, we did win some great tournaments and, you know, I won loads of cups and trophies. And for me to tell my kids now, like, it's massive for me and my family and you know we'll get to probably David but my husband played as well so for my boys you know their mum and dad both played so it's normal in our household same as Julian Colin you know they both played as well so yeah I think it's great and you know I loved every single thing but yeah it was a lot of heartache <laughs> um, along the way but yeah that's part and parcel of the game John. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you got you got to over 100 caps, you know, there's not many. Yep. I mean, there was only one male player that's got to 100 caps. <laughs> um, but so you are one of a slight band who's done that um, mm -hmm. overall. And that 100th cap against USA, the best team in the world at the time, probably still are. Um, and you, although it was a defeat and although it was a consolation, you can still yeah. say you scored against the best team in the world on your 100th cap. That must rank up there as some of your career highlights. Yeah, I think it was. And for me, I knew in my head once I got to the 100 mark, um, that would be me. Um, 
close to retiring, so I always said I want to finish my career at Hamden. So my last, very last cup, I'm sure. In fact, yeah, it was. It was um, at Wait, Hamden, and, and yeah, and my family were down, and you know, it was a big occasion for me because once I hit a hundred, I was like, "That's me. I want to to start trying for a family. I want to." And you know, back then, it wasn't really a thing to be a mom and and play football. Yeah, like I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say my, the clubs that I played for um, weren't supportive. Like Motherwell, especially, they were incredible when I decided to come back um, and play. They were incredible with me being a mother. Um, Celtic, I wouldn't say they were they were bad um, and support me, but mother, it just wasn't the normal. And it was trying to work around, you know, training. And I had to take Oscar with me and ask another mom. Um, it was Rachel O'Neill's mum, Marie. She she used to come to Lennox Town, be inside with Oscar and feed him when I was training. So it became really challenging when you got older and getting a routine and trying to like, you know, I'll oh, I might be I'll be at training but I might be late and I need to take Oscar and can Marie make it? So it became very difficult and then I used to stress because I'm like, oh no, can I get him to training? If if Marie can't come, who's going to sit and watch him? Because obviously David at the time was a full-time footballer and I was like he can't take him to training and do the feeds so yeah it was it was it was challenging but also the club didn't ever say no like he can't you know he can't come to training or but it just became very difficult and then I made the decision like right now I'm a new mom and I just decided to take a wee break at that point from football. Yeah it's a shame that obviously I mean it's obviously different years I mean thankfully nowadays there's more th- there's more things in place. It's not you don't need the stories like breastfeeding at half time. Um when yeah. Julie Fleeting's teammates had at Arsenal and things like that. So it's yeah. um incredible how these things are um better place. Um in terms so going back to um your club career, so you were at Celtic you mentioned. Um mm-hmm. so before um it was obviously you had that difficult time when you were pregnant and trying to adapt, but um yeah. Still, you must say six years, hundred goals, and until last season, you won Celtic's only trophy um, with a mm-hmm. cup win against Spartans as well. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed my time at Celtic, and yeah, just touching on the pregnancy thing, I actually trained seven months pregnant with Oscar, and you know the club's doctors were advising me and stuff. So, yeah, it was great. Uh, Combatant played. Uh, I Oscar was five weeks old and I played uh, ninety minutes. So yeah, it was really five challenging. Weeks? Yeah, I was. He was five weeks old and I played ninety minutes. Yeah, I couldn't walk the next day after it, right enough. But yeah, um, so I managed to train. I just didn't do full contact after the the four months. Um, but yeah, that's what I done. But Celtic, um, they obviously when I was training with them as Arsenal they were like why don't you come and you know play with us now full time and play the games and it was another club like to be honest there's not been one club that I've not enjoyed they've just been all kind of different in their own way f- you, you know what I mean but Celtic were very you know just having that status at Celtic Football Club you know the big you know one of the big teams in Scotland was um, was huge and you know wearing the same kit as the, the men's team and stuff it was special it, that you know, I think any, um, and I don't, I don't support any of the old firm. Um, incidentally, I'm, I'm a Highland girl. Ross County's my team, so, um, 
when I said to my dad I'm signing with Celtic, he's like, oh, that's a big team down in Celtic in Glasgow. Don't wear your tracksuit about, you know. He was just what he was just worried because it was like an old firm um, team. But yeah, it was it was great. Like as well when I was at Celtic, a lot of the girls that I played with Hibs then came over to Celtic. So Mandy, Stacey, Kirsty McBride, Lorma McMillan, Kim Little again. Uh, Jenny Beattie was there for a spell Julie Fleeton I played with so they've had some amazing uh, players you know filter through Celtic and yeah it was it was some great times at Celtic and yeah won many titles there in the six years and obviously scored a, a few good goals so yeah I really enjoyed my time at Celtic too John yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, obviously a, a great club, and um, they're obviously putting in more money now. They're full time, and uh, you know, winning two cups in the one season, putting in a challenge yeah. for the league. They're only a couple of points behind us, and it's really interesting that battle at the top end of um, SWPL one just now, where basically it's one victory for Glasgow City that is separating the three sides. You know, because they're all really yeah. close. And I think that's really good, John. I think we've seen, you know, previously it's you know Glasgow City. Um, are running away with things, or maybe Glasgow City and Hibs, or Glasgow City Celtic, or but now there's a few good teams at the top, and they're all challenging, and you know it's exciting now to go. I wonder who's going to nip it at the end, or how close it's going to be, and you know that's the excitement you want from football. You don't want it to be, you know, obvious or predictable because that's for me that's not what football's about. I love how football like the cup final it's a Sunday as much as Rangers you know like you're saying are probably favourites to win it because of you know their performance a cup final is unpredictable because it's a cup final so it's really exciting and we want that for our league and I think you know the progression of the women's game in Scotland it's drawn a lot more you know quality players and you know like I said earlier the financial backing that Sky's put in they can get better training facilities for these girls they can train more they can help them financially you know maybe take time off work or go full-time like ranger celtic that these girls can train full-time and make it their full-time jobs and their their priorities so yeah it's great to see the league's a bit more competitive than it's ever been and i, I think it's only going to get stronger and better going forward yeah, what you do want to see, I mean, as much as we're enjoying seeing a three-horse race rather than two, two at best, yeah. um, you, you also want, <clears throat> would like to see more from the other um, nine teams in the league in terms of, because so far nobody's taken a point off um, the top three. You would love to see um, a, a, a position where Hibs, oh, certainly Hibs them without it, but Hearts and Aberdeen progress to the point where they're not just playing for trying to keep scoring at Celtic and Rangers and Glasgow City. They're actually playing to try and get, get some points from the game. Not saying that they'll be good enough right away to um, match these three teams because they're at a different level. They're full-time compared yeah. to everyone else. But at least be competitive because that's what you'd rather see. Um, you know, a real close tight, um, tight game rather than, you know, big scores, which happen are happening less frequently now. Yeah. But you still see one or two. Yeah, of course, and I think um, all the other clubs, I think it's only a matter of time. I think all of them, to be fair, give them credit, they are, you know, there is a, like every club that I've spoke to, I know I'm not involved on the pitch or around these teams, but, you know, I still speak to a lot of people that are involved in the game and all the clubs, I would say, yeah, that I've heard have either, you know, given the girls better training facilities, better kit, you know, expenses, you know, support medical wise so I think every team has progressed 
um, that way. Um, but when you've got, you know, like the big teams getting finan- financial support um, from the men's team, then it's really difficult for the other teams to kind of match that if they're not. So I'm hoping, you know, after this um, support from Sky, you know, that these clubs will invest. Um, like I said, even I've been to some of the, the team's training facilities and stuff and, you know, it's challenging for the girls if, you know, they've not got the best quality of training facilities and then they're, you know, they're playing at the weekend and their legs are heavy or the pitch is not up to standard. So, um, yeah, it's it's massive and all these teams definitely have improved, whether it's, you know, from a small thing to obviously going full time. So hopefully they can keep improving and keep investing and, and get more back and they'll start to creep up in the league in general. It won't be a three, four, four-way league. It'll be, you know, all the teams are, are going to be tight and closer because that's what you want in, in the game. You want it to be competitive and you want it yeah. to be unpredictable. Absolutely. And one of those clubs that I've um, invested a bit more recently is Motherwell, who you ended your career with from 2015 yeah. to 2017. Yeah, and you started well, scoring 11 goals in one game um, <laughs> against Empress South on your debut. Um, you helped them get promoted to um, you know, SWPL2. That shows how far they've come, that they're now a side that are looking to challenge for a top six place in SWPL1. So, you know, just them um, summarise, you know, that's, I know it ended badly in terms of the in- injury, which you've touched upon yeah. earlier, but in terms of playing for Muddle, nice place to end your career? Yeah, it was. Um, for me, that's what kind of drew me to the club. So obviously at that point, I decided to take time out, you know, having Oscar and, you know, just being a first-time mum, trying to juggle everything. And then I got the call um, from Motherwell to come in. And, you know, what for me, I wasn't sure because I was dropping down the leagues to play and I wasn't sure whether that was something I wanted to do. I was like, do I really want to drop the leagues? But the plan and the vision that they had for the women's game, you know, they, they sold it to me basically. And, you know, there's a couple other, like I mentioned again, Mandy, Stacey, Kirsty McBride, um, Megan Snedden was there, you know, they, were, they, they took in a, a few good international players because they wanted to progress, they wanted to, because they entered them a new team, they had to start at the bottom and work their way up, so um, they they wanted to do it and they, they signed us all, you know, to get them to that point and, you know, luckily we did, no pressure from us, but, and the rest of the team, you know, lucky we did and, um, you know, the vision that they had and, you know, Alan Burrows, I'm still in touch with him and, what he thinks of the women's game and and pushes it forward is is great and it's you know it's people like that that you need in the game that not only are passionate about the the men's game they're also passionate about their women's game and you know at the end of the day he represents that badge motherwell whether it's on the women's shirt or the the men's shirt so it's uh, it's fantastic to see yeah it definitely is um so vivian mclaren um chair of it uh, uh, the Scottish Women's Football um, Body um, asked the question, um, and she said you were a superstar for Scotland. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and do you think, with all the investment nowadays, you'd have played longer for Scotland? And if you could get a, cl- um, a good salary and play for a club, as opposed to nothing that you got for um, for playing, who would you want mm-hmm. to play for in the current um, era? Oof! If you're if you, your career, Bev, what questions that is? Um... <laughs> 
for me, um, of course, I would love to to go back and be paid even more, or you know, not have to worry about studying, or you know, and playing football at the same time. Don't get me wrong; I would always probably studied and had something else, you know, for injury. But I'm meaning that I had to go to college, come home, get changed, go to training where if I was full time and do it all together, it would have been, you know, fantastic. And, you know, then I had to work and then go to training and then be a mom. And then, so for me, it was always like juggling two things or three things. It was never just fully f- football. So yeah, of course, like who would, who wouldn't want to do that? And the opportunity the girls have got now, um, but the question on the team you know, this is going to sound really, people are probably actually having a laugh. I would love to play for, like, n- now, now. So are you talking about in, like, the, like, if I was 16 again or 17, or are we talking about right. if I could go back and play and get paid to play? Yeah, I'd pretty much. You know, if you're getting paid this hour as a woman, can you get these days right, I'll, I'll do it for two, right? So if I was in, like, the peak, like, my prime, should we say, um, I would love probably to be back at Arsenal but playing full time and being back down that environment as a full time Arsenal player opposed to flying down because you know when I was down there you know you were treated like the men's team you were in you know picked football boots like there's the gym there's the cat like it was just wow to me mm-hmm. um, so yeah I would say Arsenal but now if I could play like so say now I'm like alright I want to put my boots back on I would definitely say Ross. I'd love Ross County to have a women's team because um, that's like my Highland team my, my whole family are revolved around that club Ross County you know my brother-in-law Don Cowie he's assistant manager up there um, I met my husband up there you know me and my twin sister's first experience of full-time football as we say was at Ross County so I'd love to go back home to where it all started and start again so yeah I'll probably get stick for saying Ross County but yeah it's where my it's my home it's where football started for me, so it's a it's a special place in my heart. Is is Ross County? See, you're you're grounded. Um, so <laughs> you know that's just what I have to you know um, say about that. You've kept your feet well and trail on the ground, so that's that's good that you're Thank thinking you. more of, uh, of these things. Yeah. Um, so in terms, you obviously football is very much in you and your twin sisters' blood. Um, you mm-hmm. know, literally, um, because um, you married footballers. Um, you're married to David. Um, your brother-in-law is obviously Robbie, who, um. Of course, who I managed to share a pitch with, but I'm sure he doesn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> it was a charity I'm sure game. he will, John. I'm sure he will. <laughs> he would have mentioned it to be fair. <laughs> and um, Shelley um, is married, obviously, to Don Kelly. So, um, yeah. yeah um, and <laughs> I can only imagine the sort of laughs that you all have. Oh, oh my God, yeah. Like, especially, um, you know, with David, like the laughs that we have, and, you know, he gets a lot of stick as you can imagine like oh your wife's better than you or you know and it's nothing like it's just banter um that they have and you know even me I'm like yeah of course I am and you know we have it ourselves David's like Oscar I bet your mum can't do this and I'm like I bet your dad can't couldn't do that in his day so you know like we we really do have fun as a family and you know with our kids like we we take them to the park and we we all play football together um so yeah it's really fun and I think as well, like how supportive David's been of my career has has been massive for me because, you know, without his support and backing and advice and 
you know, being in the game, he's like, oh, like you should have done this. So he tries to give you advice. And then when he plays, I'm like, what did you do that for, David? Why did you not tackle? Why did you not stick your head in it? So we've had ups and downs in both our careers. You know, I've cried when he's cried at his football. He's got upset when I've been upset. I wouldn't say he'd cry, but, you know, he's felt what I've felt and I've felt what he's felt because we know how passionate we are for the game and we've both dedicated our lives to football so even now David's assistant manager at Caledonia Brave so I don't really see how much he's you know he's at works during the day and then he goes to training and then he obviously takes the Braves at the weekend but me and the boys all go and support him and that's just been how our life is I think that's why our marriage is so great because we're, ne <laughs> we're never together <laughs> because but when he was training I was training, or the nights that he was off, I wouldn't be off. He used to play a Saturday, I used to play a Sunday. So we we were just lucky that, you know, we both know what football means. Um, because I don't think if I didn't play football, I'd be like, oh, you're out football again. You're always at football when you can't, you know, it's, it is difficult. And, you know, people are not involved in football. I don't think they realise how much, like, dedication and commitment, you know, it takes to to be a football and how much you sacrifice your time and you know for training and you know even when you're out off of training my pals when I was younger couldn't understand oh San you coming out and I was like I can't I've got training or I can't I've got a game so you know you do sacrifice a lot in the game but you also reap a lot of rewards for being involved in it Yeah I think that'll probably make your any time together more special because you don't have that time together as often to be fair um, but yeah the key to a good marriage yesterday it shows out each other's way that's sound <laughs> that's advice that's exactly it John and, exactly um, it. And, and, uh, and just a nod and smile from the male point of view <laughs> it's always a quiet <laughs> you're thing. right John just do as you're told I'm kidding on <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know I'm the place. <laughs> it's I'm kidding on, John. I'm kidding. Um, and and uh, you, you and Shelley both have um, the honour of um, having the freedom of your hometown, Granton and Spain. Yeah. Um, when do. so? When did this um, come about? And uh, what was your reaction when it came about? Yeah. So it's a few years now, um, and you know the committee of Granton and Spain just, you know, Craig McLean. I don't know if you know Craig McLean. He's like. Uh, you know, is it velodrome or drome or you know the cyclist? So mm -hmm. Olympics, he was in. So he's he's the only other person that's got it. And I think you know the committee came together and was like, well, Suzanne and Shelley's done X, Y, and Z for you know this for their football and you know in our local paper, we're pretty much in our paper all the time for our achievements in the sport. And I just think they sat down and they were like, you know, what these girls have achieved, and I think. You know, I think they said if it was a male player, then, you know, they would probably get it. So, you know, being from such a small community and town, the support from our wee town, even when I go home now, people like, they call us 20 up north because they never know which one's which. So they'll go, <laughs> all right, 20, which one are you? And eh, you still playing football? How's your football going? Are you still, like, even to this day? And I was like, no, I've been retired for so, like, because I'm not home as much now. Um, so it's it's so lovely going home and you know people talking about oh I remember when you were five and you would be kicking a ball and you know that's where it started for me up north and yeah they honoured uh, me and my sister with uh, freedom of our town and for me all the cups trophies for me that's the most special one and the one that's closest to our heart because 
you know, my wee town's so special to me. Uh, grew up there, lovely memories. You know, my family's still there. So to get that award um, in front of our family and friends in my, my hometown, um, it was so special, John. And Oscar, you know, I had my kid, my first, I didn't have Theo at the time, but I had Oscar and, you know, my sister had her two girls there. And, you know, for them to stand and listen to what we achieved in the game um, and Oscar just look at me as if, you know, I'm proud of you, Mum. It was, yeah, it was really special. That's awesome. And um, but it sounds like you don't need to pay for a drink again and go out and spay. Um, no, not that I drink anyway, John. <laughs> yeah, good. Not at all. <laughs> I'm making up for lost time, all the, the glasses of wine that I couldn't have in my career. So, yeah, it's lovely to go home and, and just sit and, you know, be with my family and, you know, and everyone you know, kind of know your achievements and they still talk about their memories as playing football and yeah, it's it's such a lovely wee community and they've been fully supportive of me and my sister's career as well. Fantastic. Um, I do have a couple of quick um, yep. fire questions to um, round oh, off. Okay. So um, whilst we mentioned the subjects of drink, what is your favourite tipple? Oh, I would drink anything, John, to be honest. But um, gin, I would say gin. Gin and slimline tonic. In, in a particular type of gin because there seems to be more than one these days well I, I drink any gin but I do love like pink gin or like uh, Karun raspberry gin's lovely mm-hmm. um, but yeah I'm not I'm not fussy but yeah, yeah I would say Karun Karun's my favourite gin Karun um, yeah. um, we like our pie chat on the podcast um, what's your favourite pie? <laughs> yeah <laughs> what a question that is a bit personal I'm getting on uh, I don't really like pies I'm not into the whole pie thing but up yeah. north I don't know if you do it down here a bean and tatty pie so it's I've not heard squat. of that you've not there's heard of probably somewhere that does it there's probably somewhere that does it but surely yeah. you just have a bean and tatty pie and Greg's or something down here I don't know but up north it's 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 like a Scottish pie with mashed tatty on the top and a bit of beans wow John, see you next time I'm home. I'll bring you down a bean and tatty pie. Well, unfortunately, I don't like beans, but um, so I wouldn't like it. But I think a lot of people in the podcast. I'll just get you tatty pie. Then I'll just get you one with tatties on it, and it's honestly it's delicious. I mean, I don't really eat them, but if I was to choose a pie, that would be my tie as pie a bean and tatty pie. Interesting choice, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting if that catches on. Right, so um, your kids, who do they think is the better player, mum or dad? Their dad. Their really? daddy's boys, yeah. When when they're sick, they want their mum. But other <laughs> than that, their dad. And I think, to be honest, they've seen their dad play more than their mum. Because um, David played, you know, a bit long. He's only not long retired. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think Oscar would probably say me, to be honest, the eldest, because... He's soft and he'd worry about hurting my feelings. Where the wee one would a hundred percent say his dad. Um so yeah, I think I think that would be how they would they would go. I'm gonna ask them, right, when they're awake tomorrow and I'll text you and tell you what they say. Fabulous. Right. And see if they say their dad just says, Well, hundred and four cap says otherwise, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll tell them that start I tell them that start all the time. They're like, Yeah, mum, whatever. They just they just they do, they just don't know what it means. But they will when they're when they're older, they'll understand. Exactly. Um Christmas is coming up. Um what's your favourite Christmas movie? Oh, good one. Uh, I'd probably say The Grinch. Mm. Or Christmas Chronicles. I'm right into that now mm. with the boys. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm. I'm probably swinging to more Christmas. 
Christmas Chronicles because I've been watching it a lot with the boys. So yeah, I'll go for that one. That's a fantastic movie. That was a brilliant so movie. Netflix. Kurt it Russell is, is a great Santa Claus. It is. It's so good. I love yeah. it. <laughs> um, what's your favourite Christmas song? Oh, God. Um, I wish it could be Christmas every day. I wish it could be Christmas every day. Right, it might not go like quite like that tune because I'm not the best vocalist if you hear, but yeah, that's a, an all-time favourite of mine. I thought you were going to say Winter Wonderland, which is what we are playing out to. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not that cheesy, John. I'm not that cheesy. <laughs> David would divorce me if I said that. <laughs> you might not want to listen to um, the last couple of seconds of this podcast then. <laughs> right, oh gosh. Um, what's um, your f- favourite part of Christmas dinner? Oh, pigs and blanket. Good choice. Oh, Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels oh, sprouts. Oh, no, not another one. <laughs> I do. Is I it love... something with the name Suzanne? Because my wife loves um, Brussels Does sprouts she? as well. Oh, I love, <laughs> love, 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 love Brussels sprouts. So, yeah, either Brussels sprouts or pigs and blanket. That's my favourite. Fair enough. So, the pigs and blanket, I t- totally accept. Um, a personal one for mine, and you can only ever get this um, this time of year for some reason, is pork sausage meat stuffing. I just think it is absolutely tremendous. Oh, it is good as well, to be mm. fair. But nah, it does. I, I would take Brussels sprouts over that any day. <laughs> We've got to be different than that one. Um, <laughs> and the last question um, yep. I'll ask, and th- thank you for your time. Um, Scotland have had some great kits over the years. What's been your favourite? Oh, that's a good one. I like the salmon one. Mm. I love the salmon one. Um, yeah, I'd probably say the salmon one. I don't think there's been any strip that I haven't liked, to be honest. Um, yeah. But when I played, when I, I seen it coming out, I was like, oh, God, don't really like that. But see, when we wore it, I actually mm-hmm. was like, oh, I quite, I quite liked it. Yeah, so I'd probably say the salmon one was my favourite because um, yeah. it was different as well. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I like all the Scotland strips, but if I had to pick one, yeah, it'd be the salmon one. I'm going for that. I wasn't a particular fan of that one, um, but I'm sure a, I'm you're, a... you're clashing on a lot of things. You don't like Brussels sprouts, <laughs> and I do, and now you don't like the salmon strip. I'm, I'm shocked. Not... I thought you'd like the salmon one. I bet the salmon can... one would just suit you. <laughs> no comment. Well, well, what I will see. Go on the night. I actually <laughs> think hey, you should just fold your Christmas jumper <laughs> to the. But when you post this, you'll need to post a picture of you and your Christmas jumper. It's very festive. I like it, John. Yeah, I, I, I will have this um, put on Instagram. Don't you worry. You know, I, I, I was out, I had um, family stuff with kids today, so yeah, I'm not ashamed. That's lovely. Not ashamed. No, at you all. shouldn't be ashamed because it's really nice. It's a nice Christmas jumper. Thank you very much. You're yeah, welcome. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I will say is that um, see the pink kit um, that um, yep. they wore for the 2019 World Cup. That was a cracker. Oh, that was nice too. Yeah, I did like the pink one. Yeah, I like the um, yellow one as well. Mm-hmm. I was that the yellow one with the um the blue gun down blue gun down the side. Yeah, I like that one as well. Yeah, it was quite um, smart. But like I said, I don't think I've ever wore or even you know been a Scotland fan. I I really haven't hated any of them to be honest. Yeah. Um. So. There's yeah, almost... I love the Scottish trips. Yeah, I mean, there's there's always going to be one or two that you don't quite take uh, yeah, maybe like most of the time. You're sitting on the fence, like, do I, don't I? But yeah. there's not one that I wouldn't say I've never thought, like, I'm not going to buy that or I'm not going to wear mm-hmm. it. Not that I would have a choice to wear it, other than if I got dropped. <laughs> but when I played but as a fan, 
Um, yeah. Like I buy the boys the strips and stuff, and nice. yeah, they there's not been one I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like that to buy them. Like they've all been they've all been good. Um, yeah. So yeah, the pink one was nice too. Actually, I did like that. So good choice. <laughs> Fabulous. I'm not saying that's my favourite one. I was just them um, on the subject yeah, of like, salmon like, kits yeah. but I did like that one. Must say. Yeah. And um, a message here from v- uh, Vinny, who um, you gave a helping hand when he started out um, doing the uh, match finish. Was it part of the hustle? He just basically uh, so he um, had a lot of um, good things to say after that experience. So um, yeah, he's very grateful. Um, I've started nicknaming him DJ Vinny, which he cringes at. So. Oh, he was so <laughs> nice. He was like, "Oh, thanks for your advice and support." I was like, "No, it was you." Like he did great. I didn't do anything. I was just standing speaking to him, and we were like, "How do you pronounce that player?" And how do you pronounce this player? And not like. And I think that was his first. I think that was his first time doing it, if mm-hmm. I'm correct. Um, yeah. But yeah, he was a natural at it. He was definitely better than me at it. So um, he was fantastic. Really nice guy. Like again, I don't mm-hmm. think I've came across any club or any, you know, when I'm going to even work for Sky Sports to clubs or you know that was part of Thistle v Celtic that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody was so so nice. And you know, I was because like my nickname in football was Granty. So still a couple of girls like Chloe Craig and Kelly Clark and I'm like, all right, Granny. And it was just like, oh, hi, it's me. Like, just back to, <laughs> you know, being involved in the game. So, yeah, everybody's been great. And, you know, uh, Vinny, a good guy, really good at his job. Part Partick Thistle are really lucky to have, you know, people like him involved in the game. And it's it's people like Vinny that, you know, help and, and progress the game. So, yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, he's he he takes his kids to um the um the women's games and stuff. So, mm-hmm. and he was actually saying that he enjoyed the Scotland women's games more than the men's for that kind of atmosphere. And um, yeah, good on him. Um, but good. listen, thanks again yeah. for your time, no, Suzanne, and um, enjoy the cup final this weekend. I will do. Are you going, John? Are you going to be there? I can't make it unfortunately because there's um we've got family stuff on um I'd love right. to win um but you know maybe the Aberdeen being good enough I might have found some way of getting a bit money to do it but <laughs> no I'll keep an eye out for the next finals anyway. yeah. yeah no yeah. bother John we'll catch up soon thanks for having me on cheers. <laughs>